Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. What's up everyone, you're listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast, your number one source for all things Chelsea. There's only one thing to talk about, it's going to be the sale of Chelsea Football Club after Roman Abramovich put us up for sale and we're going to break it all down for you. So here are your hosts all the way from the UK, Mikey Burp and Chris. Welcome back everyone to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. Uh, This week's been one hell of a ride. (laughs) Um, we're back, we're behind the mic, and we're going to break it all down for you. There's a lot, there's a lot there to, to break down, but it's it's Friday night. Uh, I'm joined by my cat. He seems to have been here a fair few weeks now. He's, he's lived here a while, but I mean, he seems to be joining us in the studio the last few weeks. That's, that's nice of him. He's a fan. Uh, how are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad. It's been a, been a bit of a strange week, hasn't it, really? Especially for a Chelsea fan, but look, it's podcast time. Love hearing from you, boys. Chris, how are you doing? Uh, not having the best week. Not like Ill- illnesses and things. And then it's not the easiest week to be a Chelsea fan, is it? Let's be honest. No. Um, we can all but... sit down and have a good cry. <laughs> it is nice having having the podcast to do, though, because at least mm. you do get to talk about it to people mm. who actually understand. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean... Kicking us off is usually the quiz, and we do indeed have one lined up for the end of the show. It's Burnley theme too, because probably won't get much time for a preview on that. So, uh, is, can I just guess? I'm just going to guess it straight away. Is that former blue Roman Abramovich? It, it's not. It's not. Oh, <laughs> he didn't damn. play for Burnley. Um, but if if that Premier League fixture against Burnley isn't getting you excited, because it should, I'm pretty sure that tease of a quiz will get you uh, skipping right till the end. I mean, but hold up, hold up. We've got. <laughs> Usually, it's time to head to the newsroom, see what the latest is at Stamford Bridge. We already know. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll go through the classic. We'll go through the classic line, see what the latest is at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, and then usually we go into the elevator of transfer news. Well, we, we're not, well, not transfer news, Chelsea news, but there's only one thing dominating the headlines well you know exactly what the topic is we'll do our very best to break it all down for you and then wednesday great timing i must admit you know before an fa cup game but um a statement came out from roman bramvich um i'm not gonna read i did write it all out for you but you've already you know what he's doing he's gonna sell the club uh yeah he hopes to visit Stamford bridge as well one last time to say goodbye to all of us in person he's put and then he's put it's a privilege of, be, of a lifetime to be part of Chelsea FC. And he's proud to have what he's, he's accomplished with the side. Uh, right. The financial key points. Well, from that, the fact is that he'll write off one and a half billion in loans he's made to the club. And that the net proceeds from the sale will be donated to a charitable foundation for the benefit of victims of the war in Ukraine. The net proceeds, meaning the amounts received by the seller after deducting all the costs and expenses from the gross proceeds of the sale in the transaction. Guys, I was around the age of 10 when we were first sold back in 2003. So emotionally, I didn't have enough common sense or maturity to describe what it was like. Um, We're all in our 20s, some of us. Uh, We're still immature, though. Of course, we're all immature. But 
how have your emotions changed over the course of this week from the rumours of a sale to the actual statement itself to almost like the present moment that we're in now? Um, I think naturally, as um, I mean, we've all seen what's happened in the past 15 years and how mm. how much we've won. Um, this is a game changer. It feels it just feels like could things be different now it's everything is just up in the air and and as i'm speaking from someone who just chelsea's a big part of my life and has always been a big part of my life when my uh, mum passed away chelsea were there chelsea have always been there um when i struggled in school chelsea are always there a lot of that is due to roman abramovich mm. so naturally i am very very upset now you mm. can talk about other things I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Roman Romanovich and what it's done for Chelsea. And it is just massive. This is this is massive. I feel upset. I feel sad. Um, I, I feel like nervous almost to see like what's going on next. Um, I don't think Chelsea are ever going to go into liquidation or whatever. I don't think um, they're going to do that. And I don't think Roman Romanovich will... will I'm, I think he'll make sure that doesn't happen. Um, but look... Uh, Chelsea are just massive for me. Um, so Roman going is uh, it, almost quite heartbreaking, really quite sad. Um, you do worry if he'll ever hit the heights again of sort of back in the day when he first joined. Um, but who knows? It's it's, it's, a, it's a weird time to be a Chelsea fan. Um, you're almost going into the unknown now. Um, so you can't, almost can't really comment on what's going to happen next. It's just part of being a Chelsea fan, isn't it, really? You just... It's never, never boring being a Chelsea fan, is it? So, you know, whatever happens, happens. I will always support Chelsea. That will never change. Um, I can never support anyone else. Um, and you just, you just got to see what happens, really. No way of saying it. Mm. Chris, how have, how have, it's such a, it's just such a big question, but how have you, your emotions gone throughout the week? I feel the same now as I did when it first broke, I think. Upset and angry about it not the whole government but the why certain members of the government have acted during this i think has been laughable um that mp the other day bringing up a what john terry had put on twitter and mm. then saying what 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 will the people of ukraine think about john terry they don't give a shit about john terry at the minute and i doubt the people in ukraine are sat there scrolling twitter to see what john terry's up to they've got bigger things on their mind it has felt like over the past couple of weeks, us as Chelsea fans have almost had to defend ourselves because people, it's been like an attack on the club, like we've gone to war with Ukraine. It's got nothing to do with the club. I think when the statement came out, I think that's what I was so angry about, that not at any point has anyone ever separated or... We haven't been allowed to separate what Roman might have done in outside of Chelsea and what he's done for Chelsea. I mean, people have been saying that we're not allowed to be upset about him leaving because there's a war in Ukraine. Why can't I be upset about both things at the same time? I I don't understand why it has to be an either-or situation. Um, I, I think we'll miss him dearly because... 
he was more than a more than an owner. He was proper Chelsea. He was. It was like having a fan own the club. It'd be like if a if a season ticket holder bought the club, and that's what it's been like for nineteen years. You always knew that, although we didn't always agree with it, the decisions he made, he always done what he thought was best for the club, and he's rarely got it catastrophically wrong. Let's be honest and. I am nervous now about what the future holds because you just don't know who's going to take over. And, you know, we have all the fit and proper person tests, which are also a joke, let's be honest. And mm. we've seen so many clubs brought up by people who have promised the earth and then delivered nothing. I, that's my major concern. I just, I hope that, I hope Abramovich, in a way, has a say about who the club goes to next. Because I think if if he does, I think we'll be in safe hands with whoever takes over. I think he'll make sure of that. But if it's if it gets taken out of his hands, if it has to be done quickly and we can't do a proper background on these people, then we could end up with anyone. But hopefully, we get in another decent owner. I don't think it'll. I don't think. Anyone will ever replace him, to be honest. Um, mm. But hopefully, we can get in another decent owner and carry on our success on the pitch. What happens if we are and are taken as an asset and we're frozen because that means no money in, no money out, so wages can't be paid? And then I'm pretty sure that there's staff at the football club who are concerned because obviously, no money out means their paychecks won't come. At the end of next, at the end of this month, at the end of next month, etc. If that was to occur, so a quick sale is in the best interest for everyone who's employed, and you hope that it'll be a good owner. You also hope that it will be a responsible owner, and it won't just be run as a profit business. When when Chelsea were bought back in two thousand and three, it, it cost obviously Abramovich one hundred and fifty million pounds, and he bought it off. The British businessman Ken Bates. So that's that's 19 years ago, actually. So that's that's quite amazing. Um, time flies. Uh, yeah. Last last month, though, we won our 19th trophy, which is quite fitting under his his ownership. Completing football, you could say, by winning every trophy possible as a European club. So you then argue, what are we worth now? Uh, well, according to the valuation rankings, I I had a peek on Forbes. We're valued at around two and a half billion. So realistically, I, I don't think anyone single-handedly, unless it's Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, is going to go, there's some money, I'll buy that. Uh, it's going to be a consortium or an investment fund sort of thing. That would be the likely buyer, similar to what we've seen at like Newcastle and Liverpool. Um, whoever the new owner is, I'll put this question out there. Something that I don't think other pods have actually asked yet, not that I've heard, happy to be put wrong though. What do you think is the first thing the new owners must do to build an emotional connection with our fan base? Communicate. I think that's one thing that um, they've got to do. I think communication is key with if you're a manager, chairman or whatever, um, and just show that you're there not as a businessman, not as a an owner, you're there as a fan first and foremost, and nothing else, because that goes a long way. Um, you see so many times of these clubs that have employed or, or been bought out by these these chairmen, these owners, businesses, and 
they don't like the don't like the club. They they like the club, but they're not fans. They're not fans of football. They're not passionate about what they're doing. And the fans turn on them. And you Chelsea don't need that. They want they need someone they can connect with instantly. Just come in, communicate, show some passion, show that you want to be there, show that you want to communicate with the fans, show that you want the best of the team. And that just goes a long, long, long way. You don't have to go out and buy a £150 million player straight away. That's not what Chelsea fans want. Um, all they want is to show that uh, some security, some stability, um, show that you're passionate and show that you just want to be there. Yeah, I, I, that's 100% right. But I do think as well, there's a real quick way for them to build that sort of... Not, not. It won't be. It won't. It won't be love. Not, not straight away. It wouldn't even be no. affection. It'd be a trust with the fans. Back Thomas Tuchel. I think that's the easiest thing that, that, that a new owner could do. Could come in and publicly, even give him a contract extension. Just back him publicly and say that he's going to be backed in shaping the future of the club the immediate future anyway. And I think that would get a lot of fans on board because obviously we all back Thomas Tuchel and we all want that to happen. So I think the worst thing that the new owner could do would be come in and try and change too much because I think we've we've all had enough of that um, from the Frank Lampard sacking, really. Um, you could see that people was getting fed up of the constant change and now... There's, you know, numerous other people leaving the club. Paulo Ferreira's just left, and you don't know whether Bruce Buck's going to stay, and Marina as well might not stay. There could be a lot of upheaval at the club, so you wouldn't want someone to come in and try and change too much too quick. I think the easiest thing they could do would would be back the manager, and I think that would get a lot of fans on board straight away. Mm. I, I mean, it's it's actions speak louder than words. And they can issue a statement which is nine books long, made into ten movies. Uh, I mean, it 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 kind of means nothing to me if they. I mean, actions are what speak, and yeah. the majority of this fan base loved Chelsea before two thousand and three, and that they'll love it after twenty twenty three. Whether we choose to rename a stand in Abramovich's honour, obviously with the ongoing events, that's not going to happen, and it might not never happen. I've seen a lot of people ask for that, but that's a wait and see. Uh, but the fans, we, I think, naturally, you love to see investment in the playing squad. That, that's for certain. And nothing speaks louder than further investment in our academy. But I guess you could say a new deal for Antonio really good put fans' minds at a little bit of ease. Uh, yeah. The problem there is, notice how I'm only talking about the money. Um, it's a shame it does come down to that. And that's kind of modern football, a sort of feel. It, yeah, I, I'm... This week in particular, I'm starting to have that realistic mindset of a fan of a club and more likely the realistic mindset of a fan whose club is in the EFL. Let's say they're not in the top top tier. And it, it isn't all about the money. And it's not all about the trophies. Or, or even the world-class players on the pitch. I mean, it is about the community surrounding the club and the area. I mean, we spoke about this through the pandemic, through the height of it. We spoke about it during the Super League as well, about the passion of the fans. If you build on that, you'll gain respect. You'll have my respect. Look after the community. Look after the staff that are at Stamford Bridge right now. 
make sure their wages are paid, make sure there's no issues there. Simple as that. On a footballing point, maybe a point of uh, direction of football. That's something that I think since, uh, I don't know who it is at the moment, is it? I don't think we have one, do we? Not really. Not, it's not, not. It's sort of a. I don't think we have got the, one. It's yeah. not a, a particular role anymore. Uh, well, I mean, I'll I'll close this with the last nineteen years have have been a roller coaster, and it's ended with nineteen trophies. But what do you feel improved at Chelsea outside of the trophies being won over the course of those nineteen years? Um. It's a good question. Um, Thank you. I, I work hard uh, on these questions. I, I just I, you sort of stumped me there. I don't know what Chris's opinion is, but I mean, I, you well, just I would I think I think what what I would say is he he took us from being a a, a, a good solid top tier club. People who always talk about we didn't have any history before him, but we had loads of history before him. So mm. ignore all that. That's just ridiculous again. Um, but he took us to being an elite club from top to bottom. I think he's improved every single aspect of our club in those 19 years, from obviously the team on the pitch to the coaching staff, to the infrastructure, to the academy, to the women's team. Mm. We are now an elite level club up there with the best clubs in the world, which before he took over, we wasn't. And I think that's that's the main thing that he changed. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, all, he just seems invested in everything he, he did. Um, it wasn't just about making that first 11, the best 11 in the world. It was, right, OK, I've made the best 11 in the world. Let's make the women the best eleven in the world. Let's have the best academy in the world. And like Chris said, he's made Chelsea. Um, he was almost just sort of floundering in that sort of fourth to seventh in the table bracket, almost like what Spurs are doing now or Arsenal are doing now. And he's took us to be an elite. He's took us to be world champions. Um, but he's just improved the whole club, and that's one thing that. I think people are just jealous of, uh, and I think that's where a lot of the hate comes from. People are just jealous that he, he chose Chelsea. Um, he's made us into one of the best teams in the world, um, and we just don't stop winning. And you know, it, it'll be a great miss. Yeah, I I wrote this down earlier today, um, and I, I I just put the success of the women's game at Cobham. I mean, mm. the respect and love it has earned over that time. I mean, they were taken over in 2004 and funded by Chelsea Football in the Community Department. And they became a founding member of the Super League in 2011. They hired one of the first female managers in the WSL by hiring Emma Hayes. They, um, they went from part-time to a full-time club. And they've been an absolute shining light in the women's game. And they've raised the profile within England and Europe easily of the game. And it's... You know, it's amazing how that has changed from 2004, obviously, but when we were first, you know, three. So I think that has to be championed and it really deserves to be. It's it's incredible. And it will only go on strength to strength because it's run so, so well. Uh, yeah, it, it's been a it's been an extremely 
newsworthy week. I mean, there's been loads of other news, which we'll probably talk about in future episodes as stuff with Christensen. Obviously, but that kind of powers into significance at the moment. Uh, yeah, but we've got we we beat Bur- we beat Burnley. We haven't beat them yet. We beat Luton in the FA Cup, so that that's a positive. We played Borough, who have just taken out Spurs and United. So you think, oh dear. Hopefully that will be that will lead to a a, a quarter final. I think. I think the quarter final now. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm so yes we are. We're in, see what I mean? Stuck, when I haven't wrote it down, I know nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Burnley though, important game. We'll, we will give a quick preview on it. Oh wow, I think. I think there was only Aspilicueta, I think, is the only player that's going to be missing. I think uh, Rhys James has got a chance at starting. A chance. Um, it's going to be tough, though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Burnley's always a tough game. Um, I think with their physicality, I think they can cause some real, real problems, as they always do. Um, I think this is a game where Lukaku and Havertz should start. Um, and then maybe Pulisic. I've... Werner did play one in the week, but I haven't been that impressive him recently. Um, I think Jorginho needs to come back in because when you've got Kante and Kovacic in the middle, we don't have control of the ball and we can't dictate the tempo of the game. And I think against the Burnley, we need that possession just to keep ticking over and make them tired. Um, I hope Reece James starts as well because I think Hudson Adoy, I think he's probably been the most frustrating player recently because he's just been. He plays within himself almost. It's like he gets the ball and instead of taking a man on, which he can easily do with his pace, he'll just pass it back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think Rhys James should start with being back. Um, and back three should should write itself. I, hopefully Malang Sarr doesn't play because he had an absolute shocker against Luton. Um, and then Alonso, I'd, I'd be happy with him to play again against if he plays like he did against Liverpool. Um Tough game, but I think we will have enough. I think I'm going to go with another 1-0. Oh, nice. The most popular, most common result I learned today in a video from DW Kickoff. Really? Uh, wow. Apparently 1-0 is the most popular, like the most consistent scoreline. So I was like, oh, that's mm. cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's going to be difficult. I mean, Malong Saar, he had a few good games. Then he had a bit of a shocker against Luton, which was annoying because it kind of proved my point right. And I don't want to be proven right. That's the best part. Just take the mick out of me. That's the best part, really, of it. Uh, Chris, what are you expecting against Burnley? It's a three o'clock kickoff as well, so it's a nice little afternoon slot on Saturday. Uh, I mean, it will be a tough game. Um, Burnley was, or have recently, hit a bit of form. Um, They did lose in the week to Leicester, though, at home. So, I... It's another one of those games where if we turn up and we play in the correct way, with the correct attitude, we beat Burnley. It's got to be a massive improvement from from Wednesday night against Luton because that was not, that was a shock of a performance. Uh, but I've kind of expected that once I seen the team, to be honest. Um, I think I think Berth, you're spot on with the team. I think. If Reese James can start, then that's the team I would go with. I'd, I'd go with the the back three, James and Alonso, Jorginho, Kovacic in the middle, Lukaku, Havertz, and I probably would go Pulisic. He's got a good record against Burnley too. So, um, Werner, obviously a goal and assist in the week, but he struggled with Luton's physicality, and Burnley are going to be more physical than 
than Luton was. So I don't think it's really a game for him. Uh, I'm going to say 2 0. Brave. Yeah, I think I think probably 2 0 is probably quite accurate. I mean, they've got some decent players. They've got Veghorst and Cornet, and I must admit, them, them two are amazing. I'll give him credit there. That's an absolute bargain that they were able to pick them two up. So hopefully 1 0. Or 2-0. As long as we get three points, I think that's kind of what's matters. That's what matters here, really. Mm. Um, but obviously, we obviously we all know we're playing Burnley. So I thought the perfect theme for the quiz to close out, a bit of positive and try and lift the mood here. Uh, cast your mind back to the 18th of August 2014. It was the opening game of what would be a title-winning season. Uh, can you name me, though, the entire starting eleven from that 3-1 win? We'll go back and forth between you both naming a player. Ooh. Okay, I'll start. I'll start the keeper then. Go, uh, oh, go straight away. I'll I'll, I'll go with Casuar. Yeah, well, we can try that. What about the defenders, Chris? Uh, Ivanovic. Yeah. Terry. Yeah. Cahill. Yeah. One more defender. As for the question. Yes. Yes, it was. So we're into the midfield. Um. Fabregas. Yeah. Uh, Matic. Yeah. <laughs> do I have to do a midfield or can I can I do anything? You can else? go you can go up front if you so wish. Um Hazard. Yes. Three more to go. Uh Shell. Andre Yeah, yep. two more. Diego Costa. Yeah, one more. And this lad. I'm a big fan. I do like him a lot, but I forgot he was in the team. <laughs> I thought we'd sold him. Um, I'm trying to think. It's not. Is it not Ramirez? Is it? No, oh, no, no, no. Is it? Um, is it Oscar? Yeah, I thought yeah. we'd sold him by this point. I was quite shocked to see him there. I was like, okay. How about some extra fun? Can you name me the three subs? You don't have to name who they came on for. That's pointless. But can you name Ooh. the three subs that played? Uh, Chris knows one. Do I? Yeah, oh. cool. you know this William guy. Oh, yeah, William. Yeah, yeah William. Of course it is. Uh, two more: a midfielder and a, a legend. Well, what did I say? Yeah, he's a legend. Of course he is. Drogba. Yes. And the midfielder, who I feel is an underrated gem. Is that Ramirez? No, it's not. Oh. Mikel. Yes. Ramirez. What, Ramirez wasn't even on the bench. Wow. Oh. The bench that day was Czech, Felipe Luis, Kurt Zuma, Mikel, Willian, Drogba, and Torres. Oh, man, I thought we'd sell Torres by that point, but. Yeah, I'm there. And the best part one yellow card, 31st minute, Diego Costa. <laughs> if, if that was the dive, and if I'm not mistaken, I think we should. Yes, oh my word, that. it was yeah. a dive, was it? Yeah. Yeah. I remember so well because I was really, I was watching it with my mate and I was so pissed off because there was no way that was that was never a dive. He's genuinely fouled. Yeah. If only had VAR, then they would have looked at it, realised it was Chelsea, not given it. So. Yeah, not <laughs> necessarily getting wound up over something from eight years ago. <laughs> so um, I'll put that away. I'll put the emotions aside. Yeah, that's not a bad bit. I feel like we should have given Felipe Luis more time than one season, but. Hey. As for the quitter, though, if you're not going to, I mean, what a legend. You can't, you can't put him on the bench. Oh, no, no, you can, but not back then. 
I love how he was listed as a defender midfielder in the game, as is Vivanovic. And I thought, were we playing? So we played with two defenders? Mm, I don't think so. But in a Mourinho team, two defenders? No chance. What's that about? But yeah, we, we've come to the end, though, of another episode of At the Bridge Pod. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. If you do not already follow us, you can find us by searching for At At the Bridge Pod. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, they, they do reviews now on Spotify, uh, you can leave us that, that review. Hopefully it's a five-star and hopefully it's a nice, positive one. But we always love your feedback. So till next week, that is going to be us signing off. <laughs>